0: Welcome to the SDR Disco Call Vidcast and Podcast, a show designed for brand new sales reps working in the world of tech sales. I'm your host, Neil Buyan, and I'm going to be taking you on a journey on the SDR Disco Call Vidcast and Podcast. Did you know that you can watch this show live with the guests on YouTube? This show is available on YouTube at happyselling.io. Today, we have a special episode of the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast. Hello, listeners, subscribers, watchers, and fans. Welcome to another chapter of the SDR Disco Call show. Now, if this is your first time joining this show, this show is all about speaking to predominantly sales development reps or BDRs working in the world of tech sales to get insights into what is this career all about, how do you navigate it, and get best practices from great people across the globe. And my role is just a host, where you hear me talking and asking questions to these great guests. But today, we have a little bit of a switch up where we like to call this a special episode, which is a dynamic duo, because within our midst, we have an account executive joining this show today as well. So, a bit of a backstory how did this show come about? So, with one of these guests, uh, we've been conversing on LinkedIn for quite a while, and funny enough, Uh, One of their current employees was one of the first guests on this show. Um, So this person I'm pointing to is Joshua. Joshua, how are you doing today, sir?
1: I'm doing really well, thank you. And it's great to finally
0: have you on board. So Joshua, for the listeners, watchers out there, could you tell us who are you, uh, what do you currently do, and where do you currently work, sir?
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh, Yeah, my name is Joshua White. I'm currently working at Yappily uh, as an account executive. Yapley is uh, an open banking infrastructure provider. Um, I've been here for about a year. Prior to that, I was working um, in another fintech company, Payoneer, B2B cross-border payments. Um, Yeah, and obviously you can tell by the accent I'm not originally from the UK, but I've been living here for about three years now after moving from Hong Kong. Nice. Thank you very much for joining, Joshua,
0: and coming over to your co pilot, Montoya, how are you doing today, sir? I'm well,
2: thank you, thank you for having me as well
0: Thank you so much, sir And Montoya, for the listeners out there, could you tell us who are you, what is your role, and what do you do at Yappley? Great, so I'm Montoya Wilson, Uh, I am an SDR
2: at Yappley I've been with the company for about a year and a half now And I'm from New York, Um, currently in London I've been here for about two years uh, And it's been
0: a great journey so far absolute pleasure to have you on board so thank you so much uh and montoya like you know outside of cells what things do you like to get up to what sort of activities float your boat well i'm a pretty active guy
2: uh growing up in in sports uh i've always been an athlete uh so from swimming uh, i was swimming in college now i more or so uh, into the gym and cycling and so forth i did do a bit of uh bodybuilding in my early 20s now now I'm more retired, but uh, the the training and the I guess the, the daily routine is still there. So very health What's conscious that? and just being active.
0: I love that. Hopefully we can bring some gains to this show. And 100% it's all about consistency and keeping healthy. And Joshua, how about yourself? You've had a bit of a sporting career in your background as well, right?
1: Yeah, it's definitely um, a way that Montoy and I were able to uh, establish a good relationship when we first started working together. Um was that I, I played professional basketball um for almost ten years internationally. Um and I've always been quite, you know, health conscious. Um not not the, the bodybuilder that Matoya is, but I do stay active in the gym myself. Love it. Thank you so much.
0: Uh, so for all of our listeners and watchers, what we normally do at this point is we share our screen. Uh, so for more for our YouTube fans out there where we'll be visiting the LinkedIn profiles of our guests. And as a general reminder, we'll place their LinkedIn URLs in all of our show notes so that if you want to connect with them, ask them any questions or anything that you heard about in the show, show today, feel free to reach out. So coming over to yourself, uh, Joshua, as you said, retired professional athlete. Uh, you've had an extensive career my sir. Uh, so as we've seen, we've been a student mentor, head counselor, a chess instructor. So you must be quite a strategic guy basketball coach, a professional basketball player and obviously an account executive. So could you kind of like walk us through like the highlights of your career and like how did somebody that went from this type of field then end up in tech sales?
1: Yeah, it's not the the traditional path that you would see as your normal AE I would say. Um, and and by the way, I'm, I'm actually not that good at chess. Um, I think the the, <laughs> the energy there was that i'm I'm good at uh, leading and, and maybe teaching. Um, and so I was able to kind of manage a classroom in that sense. It also helped a lot um in my basketball coaching career. Um, I, I supplemented my professional basketball play career with coaching. Um, and on the back end of that, I was able to build uh essentially a a, a basketball agency at the time. I, I didn't totally realize how that was uh working or how that translated into growing into uh being a sales professional. But essentially, I was cold calling teams, asking if I could play for them, and they would say no most of the time. (laughs) Because why would they take me? Yeah. Um, Instead, I would at the end of the call, I would say, "Hey, well, what do you need?" And they say, "I need a seven foot tall man or a six foot nine woman to join our team." So then I created at the time what I didn't realize was was partnership channels with current players. Um, Wow. Say, hey, I can introduce you to teams if you can introduce me to your contacts or points of authority at clubs. And I kept practicing those exercises until I was able to place myself with teams and place the other players with teams, building an, an agency as well. Um, leveraging and kind of those skills on top of uh, getting a, a degree in business admin, um, I was able to you know land my first fintech role at Pioneer. Uh, it was a really good learning experience and uh, very much an entry level role. But the the sales team there and actually the director of sales uh, was a Actually, a current GB uh, triple jumper. Oh wow! And many other uh, members of the sales team were former or current uh, Olympians, GB athletes. Um, so they were able to kind of bring me along really quickly by you know using the language and and mentalities that we're used to as athletics to apply to you know the sales disciplines. I. Very much overachieved my targets, and, and I, you know, I learned a lot from from that team in general. And I was able to leverage that to come to to YAPLE as an account executive. Where uh, now, when I kind of share that backstory, it does make more sense. And a lot of these skills translate translate yeah. really well into this career.
0: I love it. Like the the vision that I'm getting in my head, Joshua, is uh, like with these like athletes working within sales. Like when it comes to team building events, you guys must get super competitive. <laughs>
1: There, there is there's a lot of yeah, competitiveness where I, I think people don't even realize i'm competing with them at times um, yeah it's just me in my own mind setting my <laughs> own targets and goals but even salespeople, you know outside of sports right it's it's kind of in the competitive nature so yeah. uh, there, there's a lot of that going on a lot of banter in the group chats about who's doing what and uh and who's getting the outcomes so it, it's 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 pretty exciting i love that i love that so, like the, the the key things that I heard there
0: is, you know, like coaching people, instructing people, uh, cold calling, like into to get into basketball teams as well, um, and then obviously meeting that director of sales at Pioneer with him being a triple jumper as well, and then getting into this tech space as well. What would you say? Is it about coaching or you know instructing teams? What what is it about that, that floats your boat and you like about that aspect?
1: Um. Yeah. I think it's a continuous challenge. I think you could you could learn how to do it successfully with one group or one person, um, and that doesn't mean it translates to the next group or the next person. Um, so it's just constantly, um, you know, learning from people and learning from your experiences. I, I, I think kind of the underlying uh, skill sets or, or attributes or things that I find value in, in this element is the. the the networking and relationship building um Mm. and that i think is a big part of the teamwork of trying to be a leader uh, trying to grow into that leadership position as well as being successful in an account executive role
0: thank you so much and just out of curiosity what did the cold call pitch kind of sound like back in those days when you were trying to call these people to get into
1: these teams How, how did you open it up and how did you kind of close it Uh, I mean, I used to, I had an Excel sheet where I would, you know, pick a country, let's say Spain, and I would look down, they have three professional divisions. I put every single club in there, and then I would just use the resources on the internet to either, you know, copy and paste an email to whomever, trying to get in touch with authority, or when I finally got numbers, um, at, at this point, I was using, you know, credits on Skype to, ah. make, to make international calls wow. and sometimes paying attention to the hours, just kind of being ignorant to, to you know global timescales and calling people at three o'clock in the morning and being like, Hi, you don't know me, um, but I would love to play basketball for your team. Mm. Um, they found out I was six foot two and often would hang up the phone or you know, before oh, wow. They, yeah, before they did, I would uh, you know, try to get in the second elements where I was, you know, pitching them players. I love that.
0: And I think any salesperson that's listening to this podcast or watching this video is like, okay, if this guy didn't work in sales and he was doing this, like you were finding tools, you were finding numbers and you were like, basically cold calling this. Did you learn this from anywhere? Like, or how did you, how did you come to that strategy?
1: Yeah, just out of necessity. Um, You know, I wasn't, honestly, I wasn't good enough for an agent or manager to, to represent me. And I, you know, it's a bit of chicken and the egg as it is working in tech or fintech to get these roles um and so i just knew i was had to play a numbers game that if i called enough people if i touched so if i had enough touch points that someone sooner or later would say yes and give me a chance even if you know they made a mistake by saying yes um but i could you know hopefully prove myself in that environment and you know luckily i i did have the 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 hard skill sets in basketball to prove that i was able to perform and then leverage those performances to get you know more uh, opportunities
0: wow a self-coached cold caller (laughs) i love that That that's so cool thank you so much and coming over to montoya yourself so we're going to check out your linkedin profile and as a reminder you can always find the urls in the comment section below if you'd like to connect with our guests so montoya with your experiences as well you've had some quite cool ones where you've been an entrepreneur for your own business director of aquatics a teacher sales consultant sales manager uh, and then most recently, in the last year and a half, uh, working as an SDI undergrowth for Yakley. Like, what's your story, sir?
2: Yeah, so I guess my story begins at a at, at university. Uh, while at Malloy, uh, I was doing a bit of bodybuilding, uh, trying to compete in men's physique division. Uh, spent a lot of time studying. And then when I'm not studying, a lot of time in the gym. Uh, mm. Lots of people would ask me, you uh, know, what are you training for? Uh, I'm like explaining to them they're like very strange but uh how can I get to look like you you know, mm. you know you get the one and you get the two and then the three and then you're like you know what maybe I could be supplementing my income by by doing personal training um, mm-hmm. but that required me actually working at the gym and actually spending a lot of time uh, which took away from studying and my day job at the time was uh being an aquatics instructor, uh, teaching kids how okay. to swim. So I ended up deciding, hey, maybe I could do this online and maybe teach people how to do things by sending them videos and so forth uh, that you just basically film on your phone. So mm. I made business cards without <laughs> any way of like, like any business model or anything. I just made business cards. I start handing mm-hmm. out people at the gym, people who would say, "Hey, great bod," whatever the case may be. Give them a card. I-, I can help you, mm-hmm. and then it just started. Uh, just start printing uh, workouts, uh, making a few workout videos, uh, giving advice around stuff I eat uh, and stuff you can eat to to help speed up the process. Uh, so that's that's how that started turns out that, uh, it was really going well after a time. And you're like, now people are sending you photos. Hey man, you've helped well, me lost 20 pounds. You helped me gain 20 pounds. I'm feel great. I look great. And I'm like, you know what? I should post this uh, on, on social media, get, get more, mm-hmm. get more coverage. So I, I did, um, ended up doing that for quite some time. Uh, help me pay for college so it, it was it was very much uh a, a good good way of 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 making making a bit more extra money um yeah, yeah from there uh i got a bit more responsibilities at, at, at the pool um running the entire uh pool area uh hiring lifeguards uh teachers and schedules and all that stuff then once i graduated from university i was like you know what it's time for the next chapter. Uh, I spent a lot of time teaching kids, teaching people how to uh, train and so forth. And maybe teaching was what's next for me. So went for a job interview at a charter school in New York. Got the job. Uh, started working. It was it was a really great experience. I learned a lot about myself. I learned what's required for 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 being in a classroom setting and teaching on a daily basis what teachers go through. It is a really Mm. tough job. I think those experiences what led me into being an SDR. It's a lot about patience. It's a lot about listening, uh, being very attentive um, and then questioning yourself at the end of the day. Hey, what didn't go so well? um, And Mm. how can I better myself for the next day? Because you're showing up not for yourself, you're showing up for someone else, you're showing up for little people. Um, and then also taking the time to congratulate yourself for the things that did go well and the things that didn't go well yesterday, but it went well today. Um, and you're like, yeah. yes, small wins, small wins. Okay, there's a room for improvements. Um, so after spending uh, my, my 10 years as a teacher, uh, I decided, you know what? Sales is these skills are tr- very much transferable in in business and I could really sell so mm. started looking for a sales job and I found uh, home advisor which was a um, really really good foundation for getting into sales i, I went for an in person uh, interview and i had to pitch <laughs> i had to pitch them uh, my my personal training gig and the guy was like um, this is can you actually train me after this? <laughs> and I was like, well, I think I got the job. Um, and he's like, definitely. Mm. So, um, that was another great experience. I had no history with cold calling. Mm. Um, but it was very much cold calling centric. Um, and this is where I, I made my bones calling 200 people a day, uh, people, randoms, uh, that are in the construction business trying to sell them leads. Uh, and it was a great foundation mm. for getting over the fear of cold calling. I learned you just got to jump in feet first. Mm. Uh, you're going to get a lot of no's, but don't worry. You know, This is in the learning process. So it, it was very much a learning experience and learning that things are not always going to go your way. But when you get those small wins, Oh, they feel like you've won the Super Bowl or something. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then uh, once I moved to the UK, uh, got another sales role in in tech sales. Um, It was a bit of, uh, it was a startup, so a lot of all hands on deck site scenario. They were selling, it was account management. It was a bit bit, uh, customer success, a bit of accounting. Hmm. So it, it was another great intro to seeing what is out there, but also learning a whole bunch of different skills uh which made me an even better salesperson having those discovery type calls uh with different companies in different industries and learning how to listen and understand what they need so that you could then pitch based on that Hmm.
0: Yeah. so I, now an definitely... an a,
2: an
0: a... <laughs> I love that that's that's an amazing story and i'm imagining all of that so like you know um and some of that resonates with me because, like, where you're saying, like, okay, like, you were, you know, bodybuilding, you were training people, asking you, okay, what are you actually doing? And then you're walking them through the process, and then, you know, them asking you, can you do the same for me? And then, you know, you give them plans, you write out nutritional stuff, they start then sending you results, pictures, like the before and after, and you're like, hell yeah, this is very cool. And then, you know, you then start putting out business cards. The same way with me, like, when uh, I was in a with customer success, people would ask me sales tips, and they kept asking, asking, asking. And I always say, I don't get paid for this, so I can't do this all the time. But then I thought, well, actually, I could get paid for this. So that's when I launched my own company, right? And similar to you, putting on social media, trying to get the name of Happy Selling Out and everything, and then coming into that element of, you know, teaching as well. So like you said, you're there to figure out what worked well in the class, what didn't work well, helping these young people, showing up for them. And I'm noticing this coaching vibe coming from the both of you, like helping people. And that's kind of what we do in sales, right? We coach people to a new mindset or a new idea and we have to help them learn and sometimes they don't always learn the first time around and we've got to keep hitting those students and prospects and let them know this is how it works right um and then cutting your teeth um within that sales job doing 200 sales calls a day like you said making your bones uh then going into another sales position where you're doing you know 360 kind of role where you're not only just getting those customers in but you're doing element of customer success and then joining the vibe and tribe which is yeah, i think that's a pretty cool career um, so if we come back to yourself Joshua for a lot of our listeners and watchers who are predominantly SDRs you know uh, most of them want to aspire to this role of an account executive I did as well because I thought that's where all the uh, guts and glory is that's where all the money is and you know your successor you become an AE in your own opinion speaking, imagine if you're speaking to your old uh, sports colleagues or friends right and you come to them and say yeah I'm doing this AE role how would you define what an AE is and what does it actually mean to be an AE
1: to you uh, I think I have a funny answer, and I have a realistic answer. It, sometimes it feels like I'm a, a glorified secretary. Um, what, what I what I mean by that is is not to discredit secretaries or anyone in general, <laughs> but it's it's the reality is uh, my my role is to facilitate um, you know many different departments and questions. So there could be issues with you know, when legal uh, contracts, when legals are out, I need to facilitate the legal teams with compliance. I need to facilitate the client teams, the dev teams, the product teams. Um, Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of, you know, facilitating meetings, talking to the right people, but that's also one of the beauties of the role is that you get a really large scope of the entire business and you have to, and you get to communicate with everyone from every department. So it gives you a really good understanding of of how the business actually functions, what everyone does. And then you can start to learn how to add value to those different departments so you're not just only calling them to bother them about a contract. You can start to learn, you know, okay, this is what they get, you know, their, these are their KPIs, or what they get judged for. This is how I can help facilitate them to make sure that this is a two-way relationship. But, I mean, overall, the AE role is, you know, 360 sales. Uh, you have a, a sales-qualified opportunity that you need to Educate them in, in most cases um, um, and and bring them along through the commercial conversations, through the legal conversations, um, up until you can get that contract signed and handed over to, in our case, uh, implementation engineers. Sometimes it would be customer success managers and other businesses. That's a pretty solid answer. And if you were speaking to, like, you know, basketball
0: or family and friends and saying succinctly, what does the AE do? How would you explain it
1: to them? Uh, i'm a closer <laughs> no yeah, very, very, very simply put my job is to close deals i love that so again
0: with the um, our listeners that are listening in some of us may think, okay that's where i want to go that's what i want to do and then there may be others where like sounds cool sounds scary i don't know if that's what i want to do you know starting off like with montoya that's kind of a position that we will start at and we get a really good insight into what somebody like joshua does but joshua in your own opinion what things should people be considering if they're going to go into a job like yours? What should they think about first before applying? Um, I,
1: I think that it's important to have kind of the, the, the BDM SDR experience under your belt first, whether that's you did that job exactly or kind of like my background is different. I did do it in other ways, not the traditional way, but it, it's good to to know what it is to make a 100 cold calls and to deal with the rejections. And and then also to, you know, call someone eight times on an eighth time, they say yes. Um, it, it's good to understand, you know, those experiences. The, the AE role, I, I don't think if you're an SDR, it is for every single SDR to want to be in, in AE. Um, some SDRs might want to go into, um, you know, like implementation roles or pre-sales engineer roles where they're actually more interested in the tech side of things than they are in the commercial side of things. Um, you know. The SDR role isn't about commercials as much as it is is about qualifying and, and and finding you know potentially good customers. Whereas the AE role can be kind of shrewd sometimes when you're you're talking with customers and, and, and dealing with uh, prospects, and especially when it comes to the commercial sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're going to feel that pressure from the top down as well too when you're dealing with your management. Um, so it, it's it's a good role, but I, I, respectfully it's not for everyone because people have different you know mentalities and goals um, and personalities 100%
0: and like uh, to even give my own experience like I always wanted to be an AE when I became the AE I did it for a year and a half and I realized I just didn't like it and again there was nothing wrong with the role per se but it just didn't fulfill me the way that I thought or pre-imagined it to do so I found it you know doing the demos having conversations with procurement with legal it was just a minefield And used to stress me the hell out. And then I got my VP of sales saying, Okay, what's your number? What's your commit? Okay, I need to forecast. I need to do this. Um, and I was more happy of once giving the demo, seeing the customers signed and then seeing how they grew and then thinking about, you know, upsell potential. So I found, you know, I did have a hunter mentality, but I had a better uh, persona around like being a farmer mentality of helping customers grow. So I transitioned into customer success and I was much more happier, you know. But to your point, being within the SDR role, you get a lot of insights working alongside your AE and counterpart to see what they're going through. You know, always asking the question like, why do you do this and what's the basis of that? And then you can learn, you know, if you can help out your AE by doing some of those responsibilities, it gives you a good taste if that's the way you kind of want to go, you know? Uh, but then coming down to our co-pilot, uh, Montoya, like, again, SDRs are the lifeline of a company because out of the lifeline, we ain't got no pipeline, right? So we're yep. uh, important very much so so for you what's a typical day in the life of you being an SDR what does your typical day look like
2: yeah I mean I think I think an SDR is like gatekeeper right we're we're, we're the ones who and also like the opener we're the ones who we we find we find the companies that we want to work with the right ones uh, make sure they're the actual right fit make sure we have what they need and then basically pitch it and then Build those relationships early on, and then connect them with with DAEs uh, and whatever other help we can get inside the, the commercial team or the technical team, to to help speed up the process of getting us a, a signed contract. Right. So a typical day oh, for yeah. me is is basically one making sure that my my pipeline is moving along the way. I envision it to, or I would like it to. Right. Making sure that everyone that has reached out to me or everyone who has, has responded to my emails, I've responded to them promptly. Uh, never leave anything for later. Things come okay. up. Uh, as an SDR, we're always moving things throughout the pipeline. There's always more being added to the pipeline the faster you get things done. The more you're going to get into the pipeline, the more you could focus on what's next to come. So my day is mostly first focusing on that. Next thing, prioritizing what's next, what's the next steps for everyone. Who who do I have on for this week? Who do I have on for next week? Who do I have on for next month? Right? It's being an SDRs, you have to have very, very clear view on month in advance so that you have things always happening in your pipeline. Uh, hmm. this might not go through this month, but next month is another month. Uh, you have to be prepared. Uh, you might need to go on vacation. Some, you might need to take off work for whatever other reason you need to make sure that you're prepared for that. Um, then whatever calls you have on for the t- for today, right? The calls that you're going to be taking by yourself, you're prepared for those. Um, what do you need to make sure that those calls go well? Um, do you, these calls need to be with NAE, um, making sure that you reach out to those NAE and say, hey, we have this coming up, Uh, please make sure, hey, these are the requirements they're looking for, these are my notes, giving them that heads up of, hey, we're having this call, Uh, I know you have a lot on your plate, we all do, Uh, here's the heads up, this is the stuff that we're going to be talking about uh, on that call. Because you might not know, they might forgot, they might have other things happening. You know, it's just a bit of a nudge to, hey, this is what's happening, without being rude about it, right? So yeah. that's what my days look like. I do handle a lot of inbound traffic. I do manage the, the inbound channel here at the Apple league So my my that's part of my day to day, making sure that every inbound lead that we come through. Has given I've given them the the, the attention that they need, like making sure that we get calls booked in and making sure they're moving through uh, our sales pipeline.
0: I love that. That's like the Montoya regime process down to a T. That sounds pretty <laughs> strong, my dude. And you know, obviously, like you've been there for like a year and a half, um, and coming into this role and company and helping out inbound. Like I love inbound as well because these people have requirements, but you equally have to qualify them to see if they're legit and if yeah. they're worth the time of RAE. Um, but obviously what you're doing, it sounds very similar to like a, a thought out strategic plan of how you do your days, your weeks, how you're going to be going for this quarter. How do you plan your time or how do you best plan your time as an SDR? Like how do you do your planning?
2: You've, you've got to know your targets, right? What are your goals? Right? What, are your, what are your personal goals? What, what are the goals of your teammates uh, in your team? Like for me, I, I know that I'm, I'm an SDR. Um, I have to work with marketing. They're the ones who are bringing in lots of these leads. It's making sure that I have that communication line open. How much do I need to do this month so that you could hit your targets, right? And having that clear line of with my AE, what do they need so that they could also help me in making sure that we're all working together as a team at the end of the month. We all can congratulate each other and say, hey, the numbers look great. All right. So so for me <laughs> uh I plan my 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 week um first things first is who have I spoken to last week uh, and set those tasks for myself for the following week to make sure that I check in um and then set clear uh what's happening on happening this week right now. Um so I set my before on a Sunday evening I'm like glancing at my calendar making sure I'm jotting down notes, making sure everyone is on track for for the next week and roll over into the next week. So um, it, it's an R's calendar is very very packed. Uh, <laughs> this things <laughs> always <laughs> happening, and yeah. my my way of making sure that no one gets neglected is just do things right away. Like mm-hmm. never leave it for next minute or two minutes. Just handle mm-hmm. it right now.
0: Yeah, if it can be done, like the like uh, the thought process of if it's doing the dishes, if it's going to the gym, just get the first five minutes done, and it's going to get done. Don't leave it for later. Otherwise, you'll be paying for it later, right? Well, yeah,
2: I, I w- when I'm on calls with, with with Josh, he knows I'm I'm writing the email that I'm going to send to to the to the prospect lead right after. Nice. Like it's already being typed out. Like it doesn't matter who has to send it. Like even if he has to send it, I'll send it over to him. And he send it off. Like that's what
0: teammates do. Boom. I love that. I love that. And you, you raised a pertinent point, and I want to come to Josh and, and get your feedback on it as well. You know, like Montoya, like what you're saying, having to have that sometimes with your conversation with the AE to remind them about stuff that's happening, what's taking place. I, mean, I know you've got a lot on your plate, uh, and then handing over like a lead or an opportunity to them. So, you know, I've experienced and I've helped, I've had to help mitigate it as a manager of the relationship between SDRs, booking something, and then handing it over to the AE. And the AE accepting it as a qualified opportunity or saying, no, I don't think it's a fit yet. It's maybe something for pipe later. Or, you know, I've been in the experience of where I've done all my detailed notes for the AE and they get into the meeting and they just start saying, so, yeah, tell me more about your problems or kind of like, why are you speaking to us today? And I sit there and I'm like, I have all the notes there, dude. Like the whole summary is there. Like the why, the objective, all of that. And, the, you know, <laughs> it doesn't happen. But Joshua, for somebody who is quite busy and you have a great SDR, like being your co-pilot, what does a good handover from an SDR, look like, and how does that help you as an AE?
1: Yeah, I, I think first and foremost, it's it's really having a good open line of communication with the SDR. So so pre and post calls, um, Montoya and myself, and, and some of the other SDRs as well that we work with, um, Andrew and, and Dylan. Um, it, it's it's really the same in that you know sometimes we'll have a, a thirty minute call set in the calendar just to, to a general catch up. Um, uh, Montoya and I will often, our kind of cadences, uh, just notes being sent back and forth ahead of the call. So there is, um, you know, whatever information can be expressed. And so I don't necessarily ask the same questions or I can dive a bit deeper into mm-hmm. some of the notes or the, some of the things that have already been acknowledged. Um, and then after the call, Montoya and I are, it's pretty much clockwork. We race to, to huddle each other, whoever, you know, one of us clicks it quick. Uh, we jump on a huddle on Slack and, and we just have a a quick debrief to say, Hey, what did you think about that? Oh, you know, and then we're both quite honest with each other in terms of like, you know what? There's a couple red flags there. Let's just hold off on converting this one until we can book the next meeting or until we can get X back or whatever it is that we decide on. Um, and then I'd also say too, um, you know, I think we both have built relationship of trust where it's like, Hey you think it's good, cool, do it. Or I think it's bad, don't do it, you know. Um so mm-hmm. there's not really ever any you know um, arguments over it. It's it's really open communication. Um and that truthfully, you know, some some uh, ops might slip through the cracks. Um you know, it's we say hey, let's wait a couple weeks and we do. And then a couple weeks later, you know, is really good and some of the other uh, SDRs are really good about you know, appreciating kind of my role and, and their role and they'll ping over, hey, these three emails, can you just check in, and have you had follow up? What should we do? It's either time to qualify or unqualify this. Um so I again I think it's for us, it's just all about communication and just being really uh, open and, and trusting each other, uh and our expertise and what we're we're capable of. I love that. Thank you so much. And
0: yeah, you're right. It's it's having that regular cadence of conversations with your co-pilot and i love that you know debriefing after the call what did you think what did they think because sometimes you know a call will happen and the sd is saying hopefully that converts and the ae then goes quiet on them i've had it done to me i'm like dude did it happen oh uh, i'll get back to you i don't know yet. i'll I'll come back to you but having that regular communication you know like trying to mitigate those sort of like debates or heated arguments about it like is it clear-cut and sometimes it's not you know it may fall into a no man's land of until we have that next meeting or we see that potential interest i can't really count it as an opportunity right now because i think for our listeners as well need to understand is that when an account executive commits something into their pipeline it becomes visible to their boss and the vp of sales and they have to then give an explanation as to why is it in pipe and you know is it commit is it best case do we need to qualify out they are scrutinized and they have to have a hygienic view on their pipeline as well but equally, and coming back to you, Montoya, and not to kind of put you on the spot, because there are those opportunities that, you know, they fit all the criteria. You know, we've got the right person into the call and they have the conversation with the AE and we potentially see a pro- an opportunity, but it doesn't happen with our AE yet because they want to see something else from the prospect first. Yeah. How do you best have that conversation with your AE of like, look, it fits a bill, I think it should move forward, but that person may think it's not ready yet. How do you handle that as an SDR?
2: Uh, I think first things first I think it's very important to understand very very clear from from an ease perspective from a from a from an engineer perspective or technical perspective on what makes a really good home right I feel you could do all this work um, but if it doesn't fit technically then it's not a good fit for the company and, and mm. if they doesn't get the answers that we need around legal, around volumes and money. And like these are very difficult conversations. Like they're not going to get that deal signed. So I think it, as an SDR, it's really important to understand the other side of the coin. And when you're going through the process, it's about learning as you go through. And you might have a call and it might go really well. And your A will convert you up, but then pay attention. Did that lead get signed? Did did they win mm. that up? Um, did they lose that up? Is it still in play? Understanding that will really take you back to the drawing board around what the requirements are. You should be looking for to qualify it up in the first place to send it off to the. Knee. I feel like that's that's really important. Not just seeing your little. Cubicle that you sit in and going, Hey, this is my job, but really seeing it through. Seeing <laughs> did that up win? Did you win that up? Did the company win that up? And, and why did we win it? Uh. What did you do? What you, didn't you do? Uh, and if we didn't win it, why didn't we win it? Did we qualify it too soon? Uh, right? I feel like those are the questions are, are really difficult sometimes to answer, but. Going through the process could really help her find a way you do prospecting um, and ha- the type of discovery calls you do have. And I feel like myself and Josh, we had these conversations quite often. Uh, and you'll be surprised as an SDR, even after we do our little huddle, I go, that's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> Before you could even say, it, like, yeah, that that wasn't I feel like we we're missing X, Y, and Z. That wasn't great. Um, but yeah there is sometimes i feel like an op is an op and it didn't go through and with that is on this i think the question is why didn't you think that was an op and what kind of information do we need to get for you to say yes that's an op because from my understanding i feel like we have fit all x y and z requirements um but i think it's also being patient and going all right let's hold off on it to satisfy it. And I feel like being, when you have your numbers and your targets to hit on the monthly, sometimes it's really hard. It's really difficult, right? Yeah. And I feel like building that trust with your AE and being very upfront and going, hey, I need X, Y, and Z, and going, say, hey, I don't think that's a lead, or I don't think that's an opportunity. I feel like I've made a mistake here, or we should have gone. So Your A is going to trust you, uh, and they're going to hmm. trust your judgment. And I feel like that's part of it. Um, but I think it's, it's better to try your best to get as many leads across the board earlier in the month and not wait till the end in the month. But some things are out of yeah. our
0: control yeah 100% and like you said like building that trust that's very key and you know like an advice that I always give like when I've been managing SDR teams and being kind of like uh, the middleman between the AEs is always say to the AEs like when you go out and take them for lunch or you know SDRs go take your AE to lunch go out and get to know each other let each other know how you get comped and paid because there have been a lot of AEs that didn't know how their SDRs get paid it could be is it the amount of calls they book or how many you know meetings they've booked within that week. Or it could be once it's only convert to an opportunity. A lot of my AEs used to think that my SDRs just get paid for the meeting. I'm like, no, it has to convert to an opportunity. Oh. And the mindset that I'd give to my SDRs is what I learned from my AEs. Like, Neil, we don't book meetings for the sake of meetings to hit a number. We book meetings to look to close business. Uh-huh. So, you know, what you said was very mature in terms of, is it a technical fit? Is it a commercial fit? You know, are we going to be able to integrate with their APIs? Is it going to fit into their ecosystem? Are we speaking to the right people? Do we know their strategic initiative? Do we know the corporate objective? We need to get all this stuff in because that's how we paint a picture. Because Maya said to me once, Neil, look, I can give you eggs, milk and flour and you can throw it into a bowl, but it doesn't build a cake. We need to have structure to this deal. And if we don't have that structure, then we don't have a deal. And you know, he also educated me on CAC, so customer acquisition costs, right? You have to remember neil as an sdr we pay you a salary an ae they get a salary if we bring uh, a you know a technical lead into the school they get paid a salary and if you know we then qualify a lead through which either churns later down the line we've just lost money so -hmm. that's why we don't just pay for the sake of meetings but we need to make sure it's fully qualified and what i love between you two is that you have that conversation you're able to talk about it and you know hold stuff going through if you don't think it's a fit because ultimately you want to know how you're going to win and I think when it comes to wins, what I learned as an SDR and an AE is our existing customers. So we'd always look for key win deals. So do we have any information in our CRM to tell us why did we win that deal? And can we look for similarities in the deals that we're currently talking to? And that will give us a higher probability of, okay, we should be talking to these leads. And that way as an SDR knew who to go after. In our what well, it was media, you know, fortune 500 companies, and we'd have to speak to the CMO and they had to have a digital transformation project that's the most likely way we're going to get in. And those were the ops that I wanted to bring over to my AE as well, right? Yeah. Um. But like, you know, you're you're talking about a good relationship and co-pilot between yourselves. So like Joshua, obviously a lot of people are listening to this and they're like, this sounds like a dream scenario. We need people like this in our organization. This is what we need to do for SEOs. And I can imagine this hasn't been an overnight process, right? So imagine, you know, you've got some new AEs that have walked through the door in another tech company and they've got people like Montoya what advice would you to give them like three bits of advice on building that sort of culture and getting that sort of structure to work in a similar way? What three bits of advice would you give to that sales leader?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think something you, you already said, which is, which is quite important is the transparency of, 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 uh, commissions, not necessarily the, the, the quantifiable, I don't need to know how much you get paid, but how you actually are, are, are targeted. Uh, Um, you know, because I, as a, as an individual person, a E out or not as an individual person, don't want to, you know, hurt you. I want to, you know, help you achieve your goals as I would want you to help me achieve my goals and just in general. So especially in that relationship, I don't want to be the blocker. That's, you know, just, just being a jerk for lack of better terms and saying (laughs) no, because it doesn't hit this super high detail. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes there's SQOs that come through that, you know, maybe we could have been a bit stricter on, but I also kind of understand my own personal angle. I'm like, actually, I think I can, I think I have something I can work with. And then there's some other ones where, you know, you you say no, because it's, you know, what's best for the business and you know, what's best. And like you said, what works in a certain vertical and what doesn't work. And there needs to be a bit more discovery. Um I, the open lines of communication are, are just absolutely huge. Um, you know, Matoi hasn't taken me out for lunch yet, but we, we do have, uh, we, we do have, uh, you know, a friendship and we, you know, we do chat and talk and, and, you know, try to see each try to be in the office at the same times and things like that. So I think those, those relationships are important. Don't wait for management to align the teams and mm. go ahead and work together and then also Educate each other in general, you know, Montoya was already with Yappley, had some experience here before I joined. I leaned on him a lot to just get my baseline knowledge of the business. Uh, And he taught me a lot. He taught me how he was leading calls and I was able to generate how I wanted to lead calls from the stuff I learned from him. and then now in my position, I'm able to, you know, educate and help the SDRs to understand more of the general scope of the business or why this lead is a good or not good or bad lead. Even if they hit our methodology, they hit the, they check the box of the methodology and still might not, there still might be some red flags. Mm, okay. and so now we can all learn from each other and grow. Um, and, you know, and especially for a lot of our SDRs who Uh, have ambitions to become, you know, senior SDRs or, like I said, implementation engineers or AEs or CSMs. Um, You know, they're able to get a better understanding and and, and have, because of our working relationship, a better understanding of, of, you know, what they need to achieve and how they can achieve it.
0: Hallelujah. Thank you very much. And coming to you, Montoya, what three bits of advice would you give to an SDR to strengthen their relationship with their AE?
2: Ah one on understand understand your business the company that you're working uh first and foremost and understand the the technical aspect the legal aspect uh what what how how deals get signed understand what those criteria need to be um i think it fits for a bigger bigger picture thinking uh the way you qualify leads the way you look at leads a prospect it's just bigger picture uh plus more, more of an understanding of what you're selling and how to sell it best. I think uh, allowing yourself to be very vulnerable or I guess open with who you are in your working process, what that looks like, what you, what your day-to-day looks like, uh, what you're expecting, uh, and what you would like your relationship to be like with that person. Um, and then understand what that is for them So then you can meet each other halfway. Uh, It is a long-term relationship. You're working with somebody day in and day out for hours, um, bringing them calls, leads, and so forth. Uh, They rely on you as much as you rely on them. Um, And then the next thing, follow up with them. they not let let your sales cycle end with um, just the handover. Uh, Follow up with that. that Try to shadow them and try to understand what that process is after you've done, like who they need to go to for technical advice on that lead, who do they need to go to for legal advice. How did, what does that look like to get that deal signed? So then that will help you one transition to that role next, and if that is what mm. you want, but also help you in your prospecting and also help you with your strengthening your discovery call. Um, and I think those three bases is is very very essential to, to having a really good relationship and and bettering your position uh, as a SDR.
0: I love that, and especially like uh, where you mentioned, don't just stop your sales cycle with once you pass the lead over to your account executive. Follow up on them and find out because like with me, I was always curious that you know when I booked a meeting, I wanted to know a how the meeting went, but also how is the deal progressing. You know like what bottlenecks have you seen like are there any objections or are there any signals as to when they're going to move forward with the solution and if they do launch how many users are they going to go with and you know what other offices may they go into it because i wanted to know like how my a structure because i had no experience i didn't know how that stuff worked right but to your point shadowing that person that's currently doing that's what's going to help you get a taste of you know is that something i want to do or how can i do it and to kind of extend on that you know if the a is comfortable with you taking some of those responsibilities as well uh, when following up yeah. on the deal. That's kind of where I cut my teeth just before I move into AE land. I think, I think, you know, even
2: if even if it isn't actually shadowing, like literally, you know, with them on the follow-up calls, them just including <laughs> you on the email, seeing you on the email chain as it continues, that will give you a really good picture of how things are going and when people are just not responding or dropping off, whatever the case may be. Uh, and what that, uh, I guess, commercial conversations look like. Um,
0: so. I love it. Thank you so much. So, we've got some six solid bits of advice, both from an AE perspective and an SDR perspective. Thank you, gentlemen. Joshua, there is one question that I do want to ask because this is a, somewhat, a bit of a contentious subject that I've had with AEs, and being an SDR fan, I need to ask it. Account. All right. So, with SDRs, predominantly we're prospecting, whether it's inbound and handling leads or going outbound and with some account executives i've worked with they're like it's the sdr's job to prospect and book meetings as an account executive should they be doing prospecting and if so how much of their time should they dedicate to prospecting
1: i love this um man sales you eat what you kill right so look <laughs> you, you you got tar- you have targets um in your business in your business model can you achieve your targets simply from uh, what The SDR or marketing team generates for you. The answer is probably no, Mm. unless you're getting some super deals. Um, And it's not—it's no discredit to them. It's just—it's just you know—that's not their full responsibility. The AE is is absolutely meant to 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 network, build relationships, uh, and work on outbound channels. Um, A few ways that I do so. One is is how we came in contact on LinkedIn and just uh, you know connecting with with everyone, sending a message straight away, making quick introductions. Um, I also uh, go to a lot of events. Um, so whether that's, uh, I'm going to a women in fintech event the, this Thursday evening. Um, last week I was at the retail payments event. Uh, I went to a banking as a service event one evening. I went to a crypto event another evening. Um, so just really putting yourself out there. Not only will that generate Uh, immediate outbound immediate network uh, but it also gives yourself credibility within the space Uh, Mm. people will see your face more often and then maybe one time they come into the inbound chain like oh i recognize you from this event you already have rapport makes a deal that much easier so uh, yeah aes uh if you want to look good if you want to do good and if you want to excel you absolutely have to do your own outbound and prospecting
0: Thank you very much for ending that debate and to end it with always be prospecting whichever side of the fence that you're on, gents and ladies out there. All right, uh, so you've given us some good bits of advice and, you know, I normally ask that question and I think you guys have already answered about the three bits of advice, but to kind of shorten this, Montoya, if you could give yourself one piece of advice and you're speaking to the young Montoya who's, you know, in uh, training people, they're sending his pictures and he's just about thinking, hmm, I could get into sales. What's that one bit of advice you'd give to him?
2: keep going like just just keep going it doesn't matter what it is you know it might be too big you might not know it you might not feel confident about it but just keep going uh
0: you're looking to get there thank you very much and Joshua, speaking back to that young german back in the day what's the one bit of advice would you give to that young josh
1: my long-winded answer uh be you know don't be afraid to fail um, and specifically ask for feedback, ask for criticism. Um, I don't want to be pat. Uh, I don't want to pat on the back to tell me what I'm doing well. I, I, I want to know what I'm not doing well, what my weaknesses are. Um, I'm not listening to uh, the delivery. I'm listening to the message, um, and use those to improve. Um, just be positive about it. Take it on the chin um, and, and try to grow and learn because I mean that's what it's all about hell yeah fail stands for first attempt in learning
0: right that's one thing we always want to love that right Uh, so um, and are there Montoya are there any shout outs you'd like to give on today's show Uh, just to the app with him keep doing amazing things guys hell yeah please say hello to Claudia for me as well and Joshua any shout outs for yourself
1: i'll just piggyback that shout outs to uh to our, our commercial team to the sdr team the AE team uh and obviously everyone that we work with in the process like when, when when i get the credit for closing a deal uh there's you know eight people who played a part in that in Yapoli. it's not just me i just like i said glorified secretary that facilitated the deal <laughs> um so it's always a team effort so yeah shout Hell out oh yeah
0: love it thank you And a big thank you to all of our listeners, watchers, and subscribers that have been joining us on this journey with Joshua and Montoya today from Yapley. Again, you'll be able to find their LinkedIn URLs in the show notes, so please connect and ask them any questions that you have off the back of this show. And again, if you're listening to this on a local podcast platform, please make sure that you give us a rating and subscribe. And if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe down below. But Joshua and Montoya, thank you so much for being guests on today's special episode of A Dynamic Duo. I wish you both a great week and happy selling.
1: Thanks for having us, Neil.
0: Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps, so please like, comment, and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to SDR disco call one word at bcast which is b-c-a-s-t dot email and you'll be added to our mailing list we're also on the lookout for new guests so if you work in the world of sales development as an sdr bdr mdr or adr and feel that you have an important message or story to share feel free to email us at podcast at happy dot io and we'd love to have you on board